بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه اللهم أخرجي من ظلمات اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا After studying human dignity, we referred to the issue of respect for human life. And in particular, the book refers to the issue of abortion. I suggested to read a, a paper on bioethics that uh, I have. There are different versions of this paper, but uh, one is Islamic Bioethics at General Scheme, which is published by Journal of Medical Ethics and History of Medicine of Tehran's Medical University. Islamic Bioethics, a general scheme. I have also another paper, similar but uh, maybe expanded, towards an Islamic bioethics published by University of Cork. So in this paper, which is available also online, after talking about different types of life and the way life is described as a quality even for God, then there is a discussion about sanctity of life. Every form of life is sacred. And when it comes to human beings, it is so important that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Man qatada nafsan bighayr nafsan aw fasadin fil ard fakannama qatala nasa if someone kills an innocent person, a person who has not killed another person, so he's not a murderer, and also he is not a mischief maker, basically he's innocent. If someone kills an innocent person, he is like killing all humanity. Whoever revives a person, gives life, or saves life. Sometimes you give life, sometimes you save life. It's like giving life to all humanity. And there is a detailed discussion in the paper about the meaning of this ayah. We don't have time to talk about it. But just I wanted to say that it is so important that lack of respect to one person demonstrates lack of respect for all human beings. Or for example, in the paper I have quoted hadith which says, if someone kills one person deliberately, intentionally, 
not by accident. You know, sometimes maybe someone by accident driving, you know, may hit someone. But the person who intentionally, deliberately kills another mukmin, he would be put in the lowest position in hell. Place that there would be no place lower than it. Even the Quran says, "Man qatla nafsan mu'minan muta'amidan, fajazahu jahannam khalidan." If someone kills another believer deliberately, he would remain in hell forever. And then I have uh, quoted this hadith. A person asked Imam Ali Salam, "So, if by killing one person he would be put in the lowest position?" Then what happens if he kills a second person? Does it mean that it doesn't make difference? And then Imam Ali Salam says that the place would be the same place because there's no place lower than this, but the intensity of adab will increase. And therefore I have distinguished in the paper between two things, between the quality of pain and the quantity of pain. So the quality of pain and suffering that a murderer receives, this is the worst type of pain. But by killing more people, the quantity also would increase. So pains, sufferings have differences with respect to quantity and quality. Okay, like for example, if you are hungry, you suffer, okay? But if you lose your child, the way you suffer is different from the way you suffer when you are hungry. Even if your hunger continues, the suffering doesn't become like suffering of losing your child. So, there are different types of suffering and there are different quantities for each type. Okay? So, those who go to hell, they have different quantities and different qualities of suffering. A murderer who shows no respect for human life, he would be one of the people who would go through the most severe pain and suffering which he has caused himself. He has done great injustice to himself and to other people. And then by killing more people, he would add to the intensity or quantity of that pain. Then one of the things that I discussed in this paper is that in Islam, respect for human life it's a very important point. Respect for human life is extended to the time prior to birth and after death. Because in some schools of thought, in some traditions, as long as someone is alive, they have respect. But then there is no respect for dead human beings. They do whatever they want with the body. They destroy the body. They, I don't know, 
burn the body, no respect for human body. Or they have no respect for a child which is not yet born in burial. Lots of abortion takes place. You know, there are very worrying statistics in the book about abortion. So they say, okay, when a child is born, then you have to respect. But before birth, you can abort. When I was in Manchester, so I used to sometimes uh, take part in a class of a very famous professor in another department on bioethics. I was in Center for Philosophy, but I used to take part also in someone else's class. I don't want to mention his name, but he's a very famous person uh, in the field of bioethics. And his idea was this. He was saying that there is no big difference between an embryo and a just-born baby or newborn baby. Okay? But not in the sense that you should not abort the embryo. In the sense that even a newborn baby can be killed. He said, when a child reaches the point of becoming self-conscious, and therefore by killing you would hurt that child, you would make that child suffer, then that's the time that abortion is ethically wrong. And he was saying this is the time when people start to speak. So he had the idea that even a newborn child before it can start speaking can be aborted. Unless it's causing pain for parents. That's another issue. So for the child itself, there's no problem. If parents want to keep the child, they can keep it. If they want to kill, they can. But you cannot kill someone else's child saying that this child doesn't understand because then the parents would suffer. So it's because of the suffering of the parents that he was saying you cannot kill a newborn baby. So this is very a strange position of someone who is very well known in the field of biotics in this country. But Islamically, we say something similar at the beginning, but then the approach is totally different. We say, yes, it is true that there is no that much difference between a newborn baby and embryo. But then we say, so embryo also must be respected. <laughs> Not saying that, OK, you can even kill the newborn baby. The respect that we have for human beings is extended to the time before birth, which by itself is divided. There's a period between delivery and creation of the soul. When we say, you know, the spirit is blown or, you know, the spirit is crea uh, created, or the Quran says, You remember the ayah we had last week? 
But before that, Allah says, Normally, it is said that after 120 days, in the Shia fiqh, uh, after 120 days, the spirit is created, the soul is created. So, from the time the soul is created till the time of delivery, we have a human being. It's a soul. And here, our juries say that you cannot kill the child even if there is danger for mother. Because like killing one person for saving another person, it's not allowed. If you cannot save both, definitely, then that's another issue. But if you are worried about the mother, you cannot kill the child so that the worry for mother is solved. And then, even the period before 120 days, as soon as pregnancy starts, and for us the beginning of pregnancy is from the beginning of Haml. Okay? So, when the embryo is placed in the womb, is like, you know, planted or planted in the womb, then Pregnancy starts. Although before creation of the soul, we don't have a complete human being. We have a potential human being. But even that is to be respected. Okay? So as soon as pregnancy starts, abortion is not permitted. Although still we don't have a human being. Because soul is not there. But... This is to be respected. The intensity of respect, of course, differs. So in those 120 days, if mother's life is in danger, then it can be aborted according to normally, you know, fuqaha's sake. Or according to some fuqaha, if there is usru haraj, you know, some difficulties that cannot be tolerated. It causes miserable life, for example, for the child, because, for example, the child is going to be disabled, you know, very badly disabled or, you know, mentally, uh, you know, disabled. When? Before 120 days. Not after that. After that, he's a complete human being. Can you, for example, kill a person who is mad? No. So even if a child is known to be mad, you cannot kill the child or embryo unless the soul is not yet born or created. So we have respect for human life in all these stages, even when it is in the stage of early pregnancy. Which is a potential human being. There is a beautiful hadith that uh, I have quoted here in the paper that Imam salam says if a person aborts a child has to pay compensation, you know, blood money, dear, even for a child. Dia has to be paid. If 
for example, father kills has to be to mother, and mother kills has to go to father. And then this dia intensifies depending on whether it is an early stage of development or later, whether the soul is created or not. Then, after the soul departs body, although this body is no longer a human being, because the identity of us is made with our soul, but we have to respect this body, human body of a dead person. So, we extend it to the period before birth, we also extend it to the period after death. You have to show respect to human life, and you have to show respect to human body as well. It has to be buried with full respect. Unfortunately, you know, people think, okay, someone has died, finished. You have to show respect. There is uh, some you know, procedure, washing, dressing, funeral, all these things, a special place, place must be clean, must be mobah, not belonging to any other person <coughs> with you know permission can only be buried all this respect then we go and visit although the, the person's soul is not here but still we visit the graveyard to show respect so the respect is extended to the period after death there is a hadith actually there are several hadiths which says this is very important. When a person is alive, you cannot cut his body or her body. You cannot injure someone's body. You cannot remove someone's organs when someone is alive. The same is with a dead body. Whatever was prohibited to do with a person when he was alive, you cannot do with his body when he is dead. And even you have to pay again compensation if you do something with the dead body that if there was life he would have been killed for example there's a dead body if you take the heart out of it it's like killing you have to pay blood money but the blood money's amount is different but you have to pay blood money therefore in our fiqh we don't allow uh, people to use a dead body unless there is necessity. For example, if there is a suspicion of murder and then they need to you know, 
discover whether there is poison or something. So maybe then they need to open the body and do investigation. Or for training of medical doctors, if we don't have any way to train people unless we, they have to do some, you know, test or investigation of human dead body as much as it is needed and necessary, that's okay. Otherwise, we don't have this general principle that everyone who dies, you know, you open and, you know, uh, take the organs out and put back or, you know, do all these things. Maximum respect should be given to a dead body as if it's alive. Yes. Here, then, I have also in the paper discussion about organ donation or, for example, you know, other things. Uh, if it is something for saving life, then it might be permissible. You have to ask, of course, your manager. But, but the principle is this. Only for saving human life, we may allow using this body, like medical training, or for example, organ donation for saving someone's life. But not for example, you know, say when I die, you use my body to make cosmetic, you know, for example, creams. No. It has to be for improving someone's life who is in danger, you know. A person is suffering from diabetes so we can donate our organ after we die or even when we are alive if it is not going to put my health in serious risk so i cannot say i want to uh, save someone by killing myself okay but you can say that when i die or i am brain death for example to save someone else's life, my organ can be donated. Even Ayatollah Khamenei says, if it is necessary for saving someone, you must donate. You know, if it is necessary uh, to save someone. So, uh, details you can refer to the paper uh, about this issue. There is also a point which is very interesting about how much Alhamdulillah, our fiqh and our hadith are rich. For example, I have a, quoted a, paper, a, a hadith in this paper. Just I want you to see how comprehensive and deep is Islam. A person asks, Imam Sadiq This hadith is uh, from Biharul Anwar, volume 101, page 425. Also, Biharul Anwar, volume 48, page 75. Imam Sadiq was asked about a person who cuts off head of a dead person. And Rajulin 
قطع رأس رجل ميتا. There is a dead body. He cut off the head of that dead body. فقال إن الله حرم منه ميتا كما حرم منه حيا. إمام صادق عليه السلام said. Allah has prohibited doing anything to that body which was prohibited when that body was alive. فَمَنْ فَعَلَهُ بِمَيِّتٍ فِعْلًا يَكُونُ فِي مِثْلِهِ اجْتِيَاحُ نَفْسِ الْحَيِّ فَعَلَيْهِ الدِّيَةِ if someone does to a dead body what would have killed a person if he was alive? Okay? So like taking out the heart or cutting the head. He has to pay dear. Beloved money. Then the narrator says I asked Imam Qadim about this hadith that we have received from Imam Sadiq. Okay? He says, فَسَعَلْتُ عَنْ ذَلِكَ أَبَلَ حَسَنَ I asked Imam Qadim whether what we have received through narrators from Imam Sadiq is correct. Then Imam Qadim said, Sadaqa Abu Abdullah Yes, this is true. Hakada qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa This is the same thing that Rasulullah has said. Qultu. Then he says, so when Imam Sadiq said he has to pay dia kamilan, so it's like killing a person who is alive. Qultu. فَمَنْ قَتَعَ رَأْسًا مَيَّتٍ أَوْ شَقَّ بَطْنَهُ أَوْ فَعَلَى بِهِ مَا يَكُونُ فِيهِ اجْتِيَاهُ نَفْسِ الْحَيِّ فَعَلَيْهِ دِيَةُ النَّفْسِ كَامِلَةً If someone beheads a dead person or opens his stomach or does something that kills him has to pay the dear, the blood money of a live person completely? The amount is not like a person alive. How much is the amount? This is very important. You know, because the first time I read this hadith, you know, I cried. Because I used to think for myself, about the you know different stages of human in burial, all this and this hadith confirmed my understanding. Mm. Imam said, Lakin diyatuhu diyatul janin fi batn ummeh qabla an yunsha fi ruh. The compensation is equal to the compensation of in burial before 120 days, before the soul is created.
dinar. And this is a hundred dinar, which is golden coin. The dinar is golden coin. Silver is dirham. Gold is dinar. But again, there is a difference. Who is to be given this money? If an imperio is killed before 120 days, we give this 100 dinar to parents. Okay? What about this dead person? Do you give to the heirs, to Varatha? Mm -hmm. Imam said no. For this dead person, this money is to be spent for the dead person himself. Do some khayrat for him. Why? Because for the child who has not yet been given soul, you, you do khayrat for what? What can you do? There is no still a soul. You cannot do khayrat. And this belongs to the parents. But this dead person is not belonging to anyone. He was independent, autonomous soul. He was a human being. So you have to spend this on himself. So Imam alayhi salam said, Wahiya levarathatihi for Janin, Imperio, this hundred is for the heirs, the, those inherit. But for this dead person's body was cut, the money is given on his behalf for khayrat, not to the varasah. I asked Imam, what is the difference? Imam said, إِنَّ الْجَنِينَ أَمْرٌ مُسْتَقْبَلٌ مَرْجُبٌ نَفْعُ Imperio is something which is still potential something that belongs to the parents and they hope that it would grow and become a child for them okay it's like something that is for them but but this person has died he has already done all the services to the family to the people his varatha now they didn't expect to receive something from his body we should do this for himself so Imam said, They do hajj on his behalf. This is amazing hadith. You know, it's very beautiful and completely compatible with the ethical explanation that I gave you. That respect is for human life, but it is extended to the period before creation of the soul and after the departure of the soul from body. There are also issues like, you know, people unfortunately sometimes uh, killing their children, the uh, imperials, you know, and thinking that this is part of our freedom. Nowadays, you know, you see some people say, 
okay, this woman doesn't want the child, so she should be abort, able to abort. But this has to be a decision made before becoming pregnant. Not that after that, you know. Then this can be extended to a person who says, okay, I have a six months baby, I don't want the baby. You cannot argue in this way. Human life is very, very important. Not only human life, <clears throat> even animal life is very important. I have mentioned the hadith in this paper <clears throat> that Sunni Shia all have narrated. There was a woman who kept a cat in a room without giving food, water to that cat. Prison the cat in a room. And the hadith says, this woman will go to hell because of having no mercy. A human being who has no mercy for a cat is not even equal to cat. Therefore, for the sake of that cat, you can punish this human being. There must be mercy, there must be respect for animal life. Uh, in another paper, if you are interested, I have a paper about Islamic environmental ethics. That is also available online. And I have quoted from Shia Fuqaha, like Sahib Jawahir, that saving animal life is necessary. You have to provide animal with food, with water, even they say with medicine, with housing. You cannot keep animal, you know, in the freezing cold outside or under heat. Even our Fokaha say they have right for housing. Nowadays, even human beings sometimes are denied housing. But our Fokaha say housing, medicine, food, water. Even our Fokaha say that doesn't depend on that animal belonging to you. For example, your neighbor has a cow and cannot afford to feed that cow. You must feed the cow. You cannot say it's not my animal. You have to respect animal life. Or, you know, when it comes, for example, to wuzu, if there is an animal thirsty and you have little wuzu, so sorry, little water for wuzu. Mm -hmm. If you want to make wuzu, the animal remains thirsty. If you want to give it to animal, you don't have water to wuzu, and salat is becoming qaza. Our ulama say, still you have to give water to animal and do tayammum. Even if it's a dog, if it is any animal, you have to give water to that animal. The only exception for permitting killing animals is either you need to use them for food, so it means that they are used for life, not leisure. 
You know, hunting for leisure is not accepted. And I cannot understand how people can enjoy killing animals. You know, what type of you know, pleasure is this? You kill animals and you enjoy? Then you, later you can kill human beings and enjoy, you know? If you don't stop it there, Islam, to keep people thousands of kilometers away from killing each other, says even you cannot kill animals. Either for food you need, for food is okay, but again, not excessively. You know, hadith says, don't make your stomach graveyard of animals. How many chickens and you know cows are buried in our stomach? We have to reduce it. Or if it's not for food, but if it is for protection. For example, there is a dangerous animal, wild animal coming to kill me. Then for protection, I might be allowed to kill the animal. But none of you know, other things like leisure killing or other things, you know. So these two are, to me, uh, the only things, and I have quoted from Allama Muhammad Taqi Ja'fari in that paper, that anything other than these two is not a legitimate cause for killing animals. So, this is uh, about animal life, let alone about human life, about, you know, killing in burial, abortion, and so on and so forth. I stop here. Inshallah, we continue this discussion uh, next week. Wa akhir da'wana. And alhamdulillah, rabbil alam.